0: We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and its applications and using them to get things done.
1: If you want, you can send us feedback at our email address at goinglinks at com or our voicemail at 1-904-468-7889.
0: In today's episode, listener feedback. Hello Bill, welcome to California.
1: Hey Larry, thank you, thank you, loving it. I love California. I'm never leaving. Uh, I'm sure both people will be leaving now that I'm here, but no, right now.
0: uh, uh, You're not driving anybody away, Bill.
1: Oh, well, I'm definitely not leaving. I'm I'm, like inserting long stakes into the soil and chaining myself because I'm never leaving. I'm never going back (laughs) to the East Coast. And now I see why everybody likes California. It's great. I love the weather. The only thing is everybody else says, oh, it's so hot and everything. And I'm like, it's not hot. It's only 106, and there's no humidity. This is great. And everybody else "Oh, it's too hot for us. And so I'm sure that's going to wear off sooner or later once that the California sun keeps baking out all the evil South Carolina. But no.
0: Just yeah, kidding. yeah. Well, you you haven't paid any property taxes or anything yet. So, uh, you know, <laughs> if if and when that ever happens, uh, it might wear some of the shine off a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> it is a great place to live. That's yeah, for sure. Is,
1: it's great. Well, I do have to pay that extra tax you have on your drinks. <laughs> <So I'm> paying... <laughs> no, we got extra taxes on everything, you know. Yeah, it's, just... yeah, it's true. But you know, everybody yeah. says it's expensive to live out here and stuff. It's a little more expensive. Well, I just kind of think it depends where you were living. But yeah, that's true. I really, the gas is a little more expensive, but other than that, it's 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 a great place. Uh, it's comparable. I, it, yeah, it's, it's worth it for the weather. It's great. I love the weather.
0: Okay, well, let's get off the weather and uh, we'll get into our show. All right. So let's get started with our first email, which is from Gus. And he provides us a suggestion. Uh, In the last episode, you discussed Mumble. Well, that was the last episode he listened to, I'm sure. Um, In the KX Studio repositories, there is a Mumble client that is Jack-enabled. Meaning you can easily route the mumble discussion to various audio programs such as Ardor and Audacity. If I'm not mistaken, that's what Mintcast uses to record. Well, thanks, Gus. That's a great suggestion. Um, KX Studio, is that a distribution? <laughs> is that like I thought, Ubuntu yeah. Studio?
1: I, I don't know.
0: I don't know either. Let's do a quick check here. KX Studio. Uh KX Studio is a collection of applications and plugins for professional audio production. KX Studio provides Debian and Ubuntu compatible repositories. Okay, so it's a suite of audio applications. Good, we'll have to check that out.
1: Yeah. But you know, we use uh, Audacity and it has really been a great I mean, we, we depend on it. I love Audacity, so Studio yep. would have to be a lot better than Audacity. But I'm going to look at it. I always like looking at new stuff. But
0: Yeah, I like to keep it simple. Yeah, we're both
1: must work easy. Our next email comes from Angelo, and he writes, It's not political correctness. Hmm. He says, Hi, Larry and Bill. In my last email, I used the term print handicapped or print impaired. That is because the organization I referred to offer their services to anyone having difficulty reading standard print that used to be referred to as blind or dyslexic. Now it is anyone who cannot read print. They realize that some physical conditions prevent people from reading. Thanks for a great podcast seventy three thanks angelo uh well i I can't read most no seriously no that's that's actually uh I know they have a, a print that if you're you have problem reading, you know, uh, you're dyslexic, um, that it helps them read.
0: Yeah, that's the Open Dyslexic font.
1: Really, I I have never looked at that font. Maybe I should look at the font. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I can send you a, a user's guide for Sonar Linux that I wrote and oh, okay. included a copy in PDF form in the Open Dyslexic font. So
1: it'd be interesting to look at. It.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So we have a couple of emails from Paul. I will read the first one. Paul was writing into us, letting us know that his temp file size was too small and he was getting some error messages. Hmm. He writes, Hi, Larry, always enjoy the show. Yes, I have done some research on my own, but I'm stumped. My temp file is a meager 300 bytes, not kilobytes, Bytes. I suddenly found I can't download anything PDF files or MP3 files when attempting to download I get a message saying source file could not be read and a second message there is not enough room on the disk my other Linux box shows a hefty 4.1 kilobytes of temp folder space is the temp folder dynamic in the system does the folder size change as other folders fill up How can I increase the temp folder size to 4.1 kilobytes as easily as possible? I've never attempted to modify any system folders in five years of running Linux Mint. This is a new problem for me. I'm curious how the temp file was reduced to only 300 bytes. Annoying. Thanks for everything, Paul in North Texas. And I wrote to Paul an email with a few questions about, do you have... Your temp folder maybe on a small partition on a small hard drive and there's just not enough physical space or that kind of thing. But I really thought it sounded like it started off at normal size and now for some reason it's kind of being constricted. But after that, uh, Paul responded. Why don't you go ahead and uh, read his response there, Bill?
1: Sure. Uh, Paul responded to Larry. He says, good to hear from you at any time. Thanks for considering my email. No, I do not load the temp file on a separate partition. When attempting to download an MP3 file a couple of days ago, I received this error. There is not enough room on the disk to save the temp file with the extension of for the file I was trying to download. I have several gigabytes of empty drive space. There are online discussions about this problem. I'm running Firefox. And he lists the support uh, for Firefox uh, for questions and he said, I don't really understand what happened but I finally found this site and uh, it's in our show notes and if you want to store a large amount of data on your temp file you may hit size limit uh, temp uh, file system partitions which is by fault 50% of your ram because your ram size is limited and probably better utilized by applications you want the files in the temp to be moved to swap as soon as applications need more ram for themselves I used the mount command to remove the limit of 50% of RAM. With the command you can set the size parameter to the size of your swap. When I ran the command I was able to download mp3 files again. Checking my Mozilla temp file uh, again it is back to the regular size of 4.1 kilobytes which which was once 300 bytes. Larry, I'm sorry I didn't know what happened, but it seems all is well again. In about five years of using Linux Mint, I've never experienced this problem before. Things were frustrating for uh, for a few few days as I enjoyed downloading MP3 files for later listening. Thanks for your service to the Linux community.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what was going on there as well. It's something that I think uh, is going to be a mystery. unless someone in our listening audience knows or perhaps you have an idea bill
1: well i was just looking at he said first he was talking with the first email he and this i could be off uh, and i usually am but he didn't mention firefox in his first email Mm -hmm. then he went here maybe it wasn't a problem with linux but a problem with firefox because he knows he says after he says checking his mozilla temp file Mm -hmm. it was back to the regular 4.1 so it might have been a glitch with firefox
0: yeah, that's a possibility. But the fix was to change the mount command. And he actually gave the mount command oh, okay. in his original email. And, and it was essentially setting the swap space size. And I think the issue showed itself because he was downloading MP3 files using Mozilla. And that's where he was. That's where he started his diagnosis. Maybe what, it's Mozilla. What,
1: what about or if he hadn't activated his swap to begin with, mm,
0: don't know, don't know. It probably would have
1: because I never accept just basic. Um, I always adjust my swap file. I like a big swap file. Mm-hmm. Not that I really ever have to use it, because it barely ever touches it. But I like it to have there in case I need it. So yeah. I wonder. So uh, and and if it, maybe he did a um, a custom install and didn't format it.
0: Yeah, it's and, possible. And,
1: ha- and, and so he wasn't writing anything, so it's using all system. I don't know. Just right. an idea.
0: Yeah, I usually just leave the swap space according to whatever the automatic install sets it to, and I've yet to have a problem with swap space or file size limits or things like that. And I get the impression that that's what Paul has done. It's possible he adjusted those settings when he installed it. But
1: I, uh, it's not everybody's like me. I have to tinker with everything.
0: Right. Well, the the good news is. It's working again.
1: I would jab you and say, see, Linux Minx causing problems, but <laughs> you don't run Linux Mint anymore, do
0: you? That's right. I'm so, right using Ubuntu Mate. So
1: so I can't even pick on you about that. So
0: nope.
1: how about our next email? Okay. I'll find something yet.
0: Yep. Darren <laughs> writes to know which desktop. Hi, Bill and Larry. First, thanks for a very informative podcast I listen to whenever I'm driving or flying. I particularly liked episode 181 and have taken all the advice. I have a question that has stumped me, I am sure plagues many people, which is this. What is wrong with Cinnamon that it keeps locking up my desktop after 20 to 30 minutes, where Mate has been running strong for nearly 24 hours with no other changes to the system? I have a gigabyte motherboard and GTX 550T video card with dual screens and four gigabytes of RAM. Hard drive is a Samsung SSD. When it locks up, I'm either opening or moving a window that was on the menu bar and there is invariably a small patch of colored pixel artifacts left on the screen. Sounds keep running, data keeps flowing, Just nothing will bring it out of the lockup, but a hard reset. Mate has been flawless. Hmm.
1: It sounds like a video driver problem.
0: Yeah, that's what I would have thought as well. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) And it may be a video driver problem that Mate handles just fine and that is causing some problems with cinnamon. And if you were to switch to... I don't know, some other desktop environment like Unity, you may find either that it works perfectly or it shows the same problem. So you could change your desktop or you could change your uh, video driver.
1: You look like he's using an NVIDIA uh, card and Mm they have have pretty good compatibility, but GTX 550T, I'm thinking that I have to read up on that card, but I bet if you do a Google search, that card has problems with uh, with cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I,
0: I, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Let's go with that one.
0: Yeah, in our, uh, what, five-minute diagnosis here based on guesswork? Yeah, that's, uh, that's the problem, bill. definitely. <laughs> and I
1: just want to point out, he's a ham, and yes. um, that I got top billing at the beginning of the letter. Yes, you did. So –
0: Perfect. I I, hey, we'll get equal billing in the next email.
1: <laughs> okay. Anyway, our next email comes from Steve who's right who wrote it regarding WordPress. He wrote, "Hi guys, I've compelled to offer a bit of feedback regarding your most recent episode, particularly with regard to using WordPress. I have a love-hate relationship with WordPress. I have used it to create a website for an event, and I have to say it is pretty amazing how easy it is to use and what you can do with it. But I am also a systems administrator for an ISP that maintains several shared hosting web servers, and without question, WordPress causes me more headaches than anything else. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. A lot of the reason for this is because WordPress is so popular and everyone is using it. Back in the day, there was uh, jo- Joomla, but WordPress has mostly taken over in the open source content management uh, space. Because WordPress is so popular, it is a huge target. I've told pr- customers before that as soon as you install WordPress, you are effectively painting a big red target on your back. <laughs> You absolutely must keep up with the maintenance or it is only a matter of time before your site gets hacked. That's not to say that WordPress is necessarily poorly designed and coded, but any vulnerability that is found is going to be attacked.
0: Yeah, and this was a very long email from Steve, so we're going to break it into three parts. But do you have a comment on his his email so far?
1: Yeah, I use WordPress, but I use something called... Uh, I. I don't have passwords. You have to log you, that you log on with. I'm I use a program uh, that's called Clef. It's C L E F, mm-hmm. and basically it's an app you install on your phone. And when you bring up your WordPress login, you log into Clef on your phone. And it uses these these lines, and you, the camera takes a picture of the screen, and it matches up and does some kind of whiz bang encryption. And then if it's never seen it, it comes up and says. Uh, it it's a custom URL, and you have to first time you always have to enter it. And if you don't match those two things up, you can't get into WordPress. Hmm. And, it, and it's a lot more secure. And also, I don't have to remember passwords, so
0: right, Benny, it's a kind of a two-factor authentication thing. Yeah,
1: and because someone said that was one of the weaknesses of WordPress, so that's why hmm. I installed it. And the only other thing is, is that you just got uh, you. I think you can set it. To, I don't have Mindset to auto-update, auto but I I check it almost every day. But I think you can set up WordPress to automatically update uh, when, when they issue updates for vulnerabilities and stuff. So that might be the answer.
0: Yeah, but I think you still have to check manually for all your plugins. And oh, okay. because
1: And you have to check for the, the plugins, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
1: So you just have to stay on top of the updates and security.
0: Same as any software. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. So Steve continues. There are a number of WordPress plugins that exist to help with the management and security concerns of your site. Just what we were talking about. One of those that I'm familiar with is called WordFence. There is a free version, but there's also a paid version that has more features. It basically keeps an eye on your WordPress install and will email you anytime it sees something that needs your attention. It can also automatically install upgrades too. it watches for updates that you need to apply. It watches for suspicious behavior, such as too many failed login attempts or other activities that look like attacks. It has a scanner feature that lets you scan your site for potential issues, kind of like a virus scanner. The bottom line to what I am saying is, if you choose to use WordPress, be very vigilant about updates and security and use tools such as WordFence to help you with that. Uh, It may also be true that if you use a WordPress site that is hosted by WordPress, as Bill was suggesting, they may have more things in place to protect the sites they host than a third-party hosting provider would. I don't know for sure.
1: And finally, Steve said... On a separate topic, but related to your last show, I mentioned OwnCloud as an open source replacement for some of the popular cloud services out there. It implements a file syncing server similar to Dropbox and Google Drive. There are clients available for Linux, Windows, Mac, Android, and iOS that allow you to set up local directories that automatically sync with the server. It can be run on a pretty standard LAMP stack. Its setup and configuration is is a bit more advanced, perhaps, than, say, something like WordPress, but it isn't too bad either. Anyway, I just wanted to mention it to go along with the theme of the show. Thanks, and looking forward to the next show, Steve. Thanks, Steve.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot. And LAMP, for those not familiar, is a suite, if you will, of Applications that you can use to run a server. And LAMP stands for Linux, Apache, MySQL, and PHP. Or mm-hmm. there are some other alternatives in there as well. But those that's one of the configurations of a LAMP stack.
1: You know, I found a uh, another service that uh, actually by accident, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, sign, I signed up for Amazon Prime. And uh, when you sign up for Prime you get all these little benefits and one of them is a uh a cloud drive it seems to work with every um os out there so anyway dropbox and google Drive seem to be pretty much you know the standard these days i don't know what do you think
0: yeah yeah i think so and uh it sounds like a uh Uh, a good way to get some additional storage. Is it just temporary from Amazon or is it uh, you get to keep it forever?
1: Uh, Well, uh, as long as you're a prime member, I think what uh, prime's like a hundred bucks a year or something, but I got it for the cheap shipping and the, uh, the free music and video. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know about the drive until it just popped up and says, by the way, you have a drive space and they're they're not as generous as Google. Uh, uh, I have to say my two favorite ones are, Google Drive and, um, Dropbox. I've been using yeah. them so long. So, you know, Dropbox is pretty much always, I love Dropbox and I love Google Drive. So those are two I mainly use. I do use, um, uh, Microsoft's, um, drive cause I was kind of grandfathered in,
0: mm-hmm. but,
1: uh, I don't use it as much as I, we use, we use Dropbox for our show. So
0: yeah. Yeah, we use that extensively. And but yeah, cloud, for us. If, you,
1: if you wanted to run it yourself, I you know I guess that's a way. But I yep. think we were kind of uh, looking at the easiest uh, cloud services, you know, for someone to say, "Hey, I need to put stuff in the cloud," and we said, "Well, here's some of the, the some of the more popular ones and what we've how we found them to be useful." Uh, tell me, which cloud services do you use or do you like?
0: uh okay which ones do i use and which ones do i like maybe two separate (laughs) answers okay so the one that i use most i suppose is google drive Uh, and that's primarily because we use it at work and we use it for the show and you have used it for a long time so i'm very Mm -hmm. familiar with it and i like it a lot i like dropbox because it's easy to set up it's separate from the google services And you have a little more control over managing it, and you can put anything in there that you want. Not to say you can't put anything in Google Drive that you want, it's just a little more difficult to manage files that aren't in the Google formats. Uh, And then I think that something like own I I also use the Microsoft OneCloud thingy, uh, again, because I have to know about it for work, and I... um, I dislike it and the way it works. I suppose if you were in the Microsoft ecosystem and using Windows and Word and Excel and PowerPoint uh, online, the online storage would work just fine for you and provide you some integration uh, advantages by using a single system, if you will, a single ecosystem, just like if you're on the Google ecosystem, mm-hmm. Google Drive works perfectly with all other things, Google. But I think if I had my choice and didn't have so many others that I had to use, I'd be using own cloud or something open source. It's just that I really don't have the time to maintain, uh, all the things that I would like to maintain, including own cloud. Uh, I think, uh, in terms of what I like, I like open source. I like the idea of own cloud. I like, um, open tools that we can use
1: we just don't just you're like me so you just don't have time to do it but yeah it's
0: it, as as our taglines say we have practical computer advice for the <laughs> next users <laughs> well,
1: the one thing that i like dropbox a little bit more than most is because i'm not tied into one certain ecosystem yeah but uh, I use a lot of Google services, so that's why Drive yeah. comes into play. So right. I I kind of use those two the same, and those are two my two favorites. But I mean, if I had time to maintain an on cloud does uh, you know install and you know check for security and stuff like that, I might do it. But uh, you know sometimes convenience, <laughs> you just have to sometimes just say okay. And and, and in all fairness, uh, both. Uh, uh, Dropbox and uh, Drive are pretty liberal about what you can put up there, and you know, yep. and you can always get your stuff. Not so much with the Microsoft one; it's it's a little clunky. I, I don't know why they haven't got that thing straightened out uh, a little bit more. But just as a disclaimer, we are not uh, uh, being sponsored by Google Drive or Dropbox. But if they want to send me lots of money, I'll take it.
0: Or Microsoft. Or am yeah, I, just, not, no, yeah, I, not, I, I can't we, get myself money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's just a little
1: too far. Okay.
0: okay. All right. Well, we do have a gone Linux story this time as well. Cool. This is from Greg. And Greg writes, Hello, Larry and Bill. I have been going Linux for many years, gradually transitioning away from Windows. Probably the best indicator of my convictions occurred about two and a half years ago. I was about to retire from my job where I had a company-supplied Windows laptop computer. That I knew would be going back to the company. So I started shopping for a new laptop without an operating system installed that I could put Linux on. Of course, it came down to buying one with the undesirable Windows operating system, or forget the whole idea. So I grudgingly ordered a new mid-priced Asus laptop. But at the same time, I ordered a new 7200 RPM drive to replace the 5400 RPM drive that was coming in the new laptop. When the laptop arrived, I pulled out the hard drive containing Windows 8 without even trying it. I slapped in the new faster drive, and after figuring out how to get around the UEFI, I installed Linux Mint 17 and never looked back. Everything works, and I'm very happy with it. I truly have gone Linux. Seven three Greg W A eight F J K.
1: Awesome, but you know the only thing I uh, I wish uh, we we had heard earlier because uh, if you go to uh, some of the Linux computer companies, you can order it with Linux already installed, or you can get one with with nothing on it. I think. Um, oh, what's what's the company that you used?
0: Uh, system seventy six. System
1: seventy six. I know for a fact they offer a option not to have anything installed on it.
0: Yeah, and i I know Greg's a listener for a long time, uh, and I know he's heard us talk about system seventy six. Given they picked ASUS, uh, I'm suspecting that perhaps it was a budget issue. The ASUS computers are significant. Generally, the lower end ones are significantly less expensive than the. Uh, system 76 computers, because they tend to um, have some higher specs and higher options available to them. So maybe it was a budget issue that drove him. Uh, I know you can get uh, computers without an operating system from Dell and from Lenovo as well. But again, they tend to be the higher priced uh, options. And I also read that Lenovo has stopped offering their computers without an operating system under pressure from Microsoft. So it, Dell may have been doing the same thing as well. So I don't know, unless unless you want to go to something like a System76 or a Reason or Entroware from the UK, getting a computer with windows on it and just swapping the hard drive out like Greg did or erasing windows altogether on the existing hard drive and installing Linux is probably the least expensive way to do it. Of course you have to do the installation yourself, but Hey, we're geeks, right?
1: Oh yeah. And just, uh, I got, uh, Quest for Greg. Hey, Greg, tell me which ASUS that you did pick up. Uh I, yeah. run, I run the ASUS uh, Republic of Gamers one, and uh, I'm just kind of anxious to see which one you're running because I want to look at the specs. But uh, I don't, you know, sometimes ASUS has great sales too, so it could have yeah. been it could have been that. But uh, I- I'm surprised uh, that. Uh most ASUS laptops uh well, I I played most laptops you can put you can take the fifty four hundred RPM, stick it in your second bay and format it if you want and have some extra space. <laughs> so me being practical. That's scary. But also pointing out another ham. They're taking over the show today. We get a lot
0: of hams listening to our show. Yeah, we got to get over on Linux in the Handshack and get onto their <laughs> show or something. Okay, there you go. I'll, I'll give the that to you as a challenge, Bill. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, great! Thanks. <laughs> like I don't have enough Man. to do right now. Uh, yeah, there you go. Well, sometime in September or okay. October, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'll get you for that one. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I have an application pick this time around, Bill. Oh Me? My. I have one. You have
1: one. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Okay, this is getting exciting. So what did you pick?
0: Well, I picked something that kind of came onto my radar after switching over to Ubuntu Mate. This application is available in the Ubuntu Mate software boutique. So Ubuntu Mate has um, its own curated little section of a repository with specific software that it recommends. uh, And this application was part of that. Uh, it's an alternative to VirtualBox, VMware, QEMU, and Parallels if you're using a Mac. It's been around for a number of years, but I've been unaware of it. It's called Virtual Machine Manager, and it's actually a suite of four tools that comes from Red Hat. And it's based on Virt Manager. Uh, their website and we'll have a link to it in our show notes, says manage virtual machines with Virt Manager. The Vert Manager application is a desktop user interface for managing virtual machines through LibVert. It primarily targets KVM VMs, but also manages Xen and LXC Linux containers. It presents a summary view of running domains, their live performance, and resource utilization statistics. Wizards enable the creation of new domains and configuration and adjustment of a domain's resource allocation and virtual hardware. An embedded VNC and SPICE client viewer presents a full graphic console to the guest domain. And in their section about the vert manager supporting tools, it describes the Virt install tool as a command line tool, which provides an easy way of provisioning operating systems into virtual managers. And if you're using the graphical user interface, I'm sure it uses that tool in the background, but it's all done graphically. Then the next tool is vert clone. And it's a command line tool for cloning existing interactive guests. It copies the disk images and defines a config with a new name, UUID, and MAC address pointing to the copied disks. And finally, VIRT Viewer is a lightweight interface for interacting with graphical display of virtualized guests OS. It can display VNC or SPICE and uses LibVirt to look up the graphical connection details. And I've been using it for a while. I like it a lot. I was using uh, Oracle's VirtualBox for years. And I love every chance I can get to get away from Oracle software. And this gave me the opportunity to actually move to a new virtual machine manager, which I use, of course, for testing out distributions and creating screencasts and things like that, videos. So um yeah, this is a great tool. It works a little differently than VirtualBox, but it's an easy adoption process. You get used to it very quickly and it's nice and smooth. It it works beautifully. It really does.
1: Cool. Sounds like a useful tool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I know it's in Ubuntu Mate's repositories i'm assuming it's in ubuntu's repositories and ubuntu derivatives as well and you may find it under virtual machine manager or you may have to look for vert dash manager and we have the um website in our show notes as well awesome good stuff any any uh application pick from you bill
1: uh no <laughs>
0: <laughs> our roles have switched <laughs> yes i have an excuse Yes, you've been moving.
1: Okay, so I'm allowed to have a little bit of a a uh, little bit of an excuse but it only
0: lasts And wading through the uh California DMV and <sighs> other things, yes.
1: Yeah, you know, I was having a good morning until you told me that. <laughs>
0: oh hey, it was your experience. You just told it to me, so oh, okay. yeah. it's like oh then we're to do that
1: for another five years.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: It wasn't that bad. But uh hey, uh our next episode uh, you know i've got ready for us
0: what's that linux
1: gaming revisited
0: okay so this is one you're going to be hosting <laughs> <laughs> good stuff
1: yeah i've uh looked back at some of the um the games that um i had looked at a couple years ago mm-hmm. and i've uh, been impressed with some of the uh the uh improvements and so it's time to uh Uh, revisit them because uh uh oh i'm not gonna spoil it i would put a teaser out there but you're just gonna have to listen to find out
0: (laughs) okay that sounds good so uh stay subscribed for our upcoming episode linux gaming revisited coming soon to a podcast (laughs) episode near you okay
1: so until then you can go to our website at goinglinks.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe.
0: We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done.
1: If you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast Google Plus community.
0: Until next time, thanks for listening. 73.